Hey, sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. It's your girl, Stabby, and baby. <laughs> it's been a while. A lot has been going on. We have a lot to catch up on. So first and foremost, thank you to everyone who's been rocking with me the long way. I appreciate you. If you have been taking this downtime to binge episodes that you missed, um, checking in on Clubhouse, checking in on Instagram. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate the engagement. Oh, can't forget to shout out the YouTube heads. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate the engagement. If you are not following already, please make sure that you follow on Instagram, um, subscribe on YouTube, and join the club on Clubhouse. Android users, Clubhouse is now available to us also. So there's no excuse. Everyone can join Clubhouse now. Um, and if you need an invite, let me know because I've got a couple and I'm happy to send them to you. Just slide into my DMs on IG or leave me a message on um, YouTube and I will happily, happily, happily get you an invite. All right, let's get to it. So y'all know I'm all about the people. Y'all know I'm about my people. So I've been doing a lot of work with um, a, a grassroots, you know, community for the people by the people kind of organization, which was started by my homegirl. Um, and it was started for the purposes of in trying to get a bill passed that would allow green card holders and people with legal work status in New York City to be able to vote in municipal um, voting, uh, in municipal elections, excuse me. I totally support that. You know, I was happy to jump on that with her because, you know, the tax attorney I am, I'm a firm believer, you know, we love the scream no taxation without representation and new york city is probably one of the heavier taxed jurisdictions in our nation and you ain't got no say on your own shit like you ain't even got no say on whether or not you get a speed bump on your block type of shit um so i started you know i thought it was a really really great initiative i thought it was really important so i was happy um to to get involved let me tell y'all how a larger agency tried us. So we are happy to collaborate with anybody who is working towards the same goal as us, right? Because you want to go far, go together. So we are always happy to collaborate. And we collaborated with a much larger, larger organization that's been doing this a lot longer than us. Um, just, just so we're clear, though, and, and this is not a shot at them, but this is just a note for everybody to keep in their mind. Just because someone's been doing it longer doesn't mean they do it better. Doesn't mean that you don't have something to contribute, right? So always keep that little nugget with you just in general. Um, so anyway, so we joined them. Uh, we've done a couple of meetings with them, been on, you know, participating in a couple of, of lobby days and things like that with them. And... They, ex they asked us to write an op-ed um, for them to pitch to the New York Times. And, you know, we were like, sure, whatever, you know, needs to be done to advance the cause, we're totally with it. Um, so we submitted two separate op-eds um, so that we can cover, you know, just more than one legitimate reason why this bill needs to be pushed forward. Um, and they were both really, really good op-eds, um, but you know, black women get shit done. So, um, but we sent it to them and then we heard nothing. And then we heard nothing and then we heard nothing. So we reached out to them and we asked, you know, what's going on with the op-ed? Where has it been pitched? Where is it being pitched? Um, you know, because we are happy to also pitch it to other publications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we got a we got a bullshit response, in my opinion, that was like, oh, oh, you know, somebody somebody's looking at it um, for editing purposes. I'm gonna tell you two reasons why that's bullshit. One, because based on the things that have been submitted to us from this organization, y'all ain't editing shit. Y'all y'all ain't even got the fucking range. You definitely don't got the range to be editing our shit. But anyway, and and number two. It was the stutter step and the hesitation in the response that made it very clear to me that nah, they hadn't been looking at shit. They got our shit and they were sitting on it. And one of our concerns had been when they asked us to do it um, was what are they really going to do with our op-eds? 
are they gonna you know siphon our thoughts and try to pass them off as their own you know people still ideas and people still work all the fucking time and so that was one of our main concerns but like i said earlier you know we we chose to do it because at the end of the day we thought this might be a great opportunity to further push our agenda along um so like i said we reached out to them after we heard nothing and we got the stutter step response um Fast forward a couple of weeks later, we're all on a meeting and we got a very similar address like, oh, you know, it's being reviewed by such and such. And, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you and let you know where we're going to be pitching this. At this point, my, my, my approach um, was like, yo, we need to just put this shit on ourselves. Like, cause it's been two months and this shit's been sitting on, you know, someone's virtual desk. And we don't have that kind of time. Like we need to get this out. Election season is in high gear in New York City. Um, there are so many people, sorry, y'all know I got the bad allergies. Um, but there are so many people that are running for elevated offices. Elevated, a lot of people are trying to go, are, are trying to climb up. Um, and so this, we don't have any time to waste. We need to know where those politicians align, whether those politicians are for or against, you know, like there's just no time to waste. Um, and they were dragging their feet. So I was just like, you know, we can put this shit on our own. That's the great thing about the era we live in. We have our own platforms and we can always get our own messaging out. We don't need anybody to do it for us. Um, so fast forward, maybe two weeks later after that meeting, I get a message from, you know, my colleague that I'm working on, I'm working with on this. Um, and she's like, do you see this shit? They took, um, they took like an opening from my op-ed and put it in hers, did not credit me at all and just tried to pass it off as her op-ed. So when she saw it, she called it out. First of all, play with your mama. Don't play with us. You got to know that we've seen each other's op-eds. We read each other's op-eds and we have each other's op-eds. Second of all, like I said, we were already concerned with the bullshit. So of course we keeping an eye out for that type of activity because we were concerned about it to begin with. And y'all proved us right. Y'all proved us right. So she sent it back with some feedback and um, the review note said that this is not my line. This came from Latasha's article and she either needs to be cited or this needs to be removed. Well, this turned into an arduous back and forth on what is going to be submitted and what isn't. And my colleague was like, yeah, no, that's a full stop. It, if you're not going to credit her, that needs to be removed. My name is not going to be put on that as if I wrote that when I did not. Additionally, they softened, they softened her um, op-ed. Um, you know, a lot of direct statements that she was making about the very oppressive demographics, um, they softened that, that verbiage. No one was surprised, right? But at least it was still her language. And she was okay with accepting the softer version of it. She was not okay with them trying to steal my work and pass it off as hers and not being willing to either add my name or remove my, my content from it. So, you know, me and her are talking on the side. She then sends them an email because now they're not, I'm not in these emails. They're not adding me to the communication at all. They're only communicating with her. So she adds me to the email. Like I said, I work with her organization. Um, she added me to the email and was very clear with them. Listen, it belongs to her. She's an attorney. You are either going to cite her, remove it, or get rid of the whole op-ed altogether, period. They've been going back and forth all day. She's been very clear all day on her position. It's not until they got that lessontonlaw.com email on the on the two bar it's not until she's gotta throw around the fact that i'm an attorney it's not until you know what i'm saying she's gotta leverage my position to make it very clear to them what we're not gonna accept 
play with your fucking mama. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. And this is the shit that they do. Because you know what? If we didn't have the relationship that we have, and even if we had not exchanged each other's, um, and we had not exchanged each other's op-eds, you know how very easily they would have gotten away with publishing that um, with my content in it without giving me any credit? Now, when I would have seen it, I would have I would have lost my shits because I know you fucking lying. I know you fucking lying, right? And now two black women who are supposed to be working together for the advancement of other black people are engaged in a fucking back and forth because now one person, you know, she would have looked very shady in my eyes for utilizing my content. One without my, without, you know, quoting me Two without even giving me a heads up, you know, asking, Hey, do you mind? You know, this is how they cause infighting and friction, but they had the right ones. They had the right ones. We were not going to play that game. And this is a very classic David and Goliath, you know, the big guy thinking they could steamroll and do whatever they want. Negative. Well, that, right after she sent that email, we all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everyone can comply. Everyone can comply. No, no, no. It's not a problem. It's cool. It's cool. We're going to take that out. It's fine. Now, now there's no issue. Not only is everybody willing to comply now, now they're throwing each other under the bus. Oh, well, this person is new. We never worked with this person before. This person is from, you know, PR, eh, whatever. Huh? Huh? No, make the math math and stop playing with us. Make the math math and stop playing with us. At that moment, I made the decision that I was rescinding my op-ed, period. And so I sent the follow-up email to all of them, letting them know that as of this moment, I rescind my op-ed, you no longer have the right to use any of it in part or in whole for any reason whatsoever. Now I get another email. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I could have handled this better. Oh, I'm happy to talk with you. I said, we don't have anything to discuss. We don't have anything to discuss. Black people, <laughs> hear me motherfuckers will they will they will fucking try to divide us they will do all type of shit to cause friction and fighting it is our responsibility to communicate with each other it's our responsibility to stay aligned to the goal we know what we're trying to do we're very clear on what we're trying to do all we got to do is do it all we have to do is do it. And if we, if we stick with each other and we talk to each other and we focus on making sure that we stay, we stay legit with one another, then we're going to be good. Because the shit they thought they were going to pull off, they never, they never stood a chance because we saw them coming from the... We saw them coming from the minute they asked us and we were prepared and we were prepared. Stay ready so you don't... All right, so next, like I was saying earlier, I have been utilizing the clubhouse now. It, <laughs> you know me, you know I've been on some fuck clubhouse shit for the main reason was just because um, they were hating on Android and I was just like, fuck y'all, like, fuck you mean with your tech bias. Um, but then it also, I just, like the content that I was seeing transfer from, from, clubhouse over to like twitter um yeah i was like i'm good because it's a lot it's like doubling down on on stupid people having a platform I sound fucked up but a stack that's that's the experience I, the second hand experience i was getting um via twitter and i was like um that's a hard pass for me but a, a friend of mine convinced me <clears throat> So he convinced me to get on, you know, he was like, you know, there's just a lot of networking opportunities. There's a lot of, you know, important business information that's getting transferred on there. There's a lot of people with the money and access that are telling people how to get money and access. Um, and you, you need to be on there. So um, I, I trust, I trusted his word and, and I got on there. It's a very funny story on how I ended up getting on Clubhouse. So I don't have an iPhone. Everybody knows I'm Team Galaxy, but I have Mad Mac products. I got a MacBook. I've got, <laughs> I've got my my iPad or my old iPad, um, and I'm almost positive around here somewhere that I still got um, 
an iPod, <laughs> like the old ones. Anyway, um, so he was like, nah, if you got an iPad, you can use it on the iPad, whatever. So I was like, fine, let me, I was like, let me, you know, get this iPad sorted. I couldn't get the iPad open because it was so old. I had forgot the password, got locked out, the whole rigmarole, right? So I had to call Apple Care. I'm on the phone. They are remotely accessing my MacBook. We're doing all the things to try to get this iPad one, you know, open and two reset. It, it, it takes some time, but we get there. We get there. So we get there. I hit him up and I'm like, bet, send me the invite now. I, you know what I'm saying? I could do this. So I try to do it and it won't like, I can't get the Clubhouse app on iPad. And so now I'm like, yo, you made me waste my time and you're a liar. I can't use this shit on iPad at all. So like I wasted my fucking time. He's like, nah, mad people I know use this shit on iPads. So it's like, I wouldn't lie to you like that. So he was like, well, what iPad you got? And I was like, I ain't even gonna hold you. My shit a little elderly, you know what I'm saying? My shit, it being, you know what I'm saying? It's seen some shit. And he was like, he was like, how old is that goddamn iPad? And I was like, oh, it can vote. <laughs> the bitch is of age, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was like, what version iPad is it? I was like, I'm gonna be honest, it's either two or three. He said, motherfucker. <laughs> he said, you got Jesus' iPad where Jesus worked the door? No, no. <laughs> he was like, nah, you need to update your iPad. And I was like, yo, this is turning into a lot more than I signed up for. He was like, yeah, but is it really if you're getting access to like invaluable information? It wasn't a hard sell. I really did need to update my iPad. It wasn't, a, I had been saying I was going to do it for years, but anybody who knows me knows I have these random these random spouts of serious frugality where I'm like, nah, if the shit work, I, I'm not replacing it. And with my electronics, that's pretty much my approach. Like if it's not broken, I'm not replacing it. They drop new shit every three weeks. Honestly, it's worse than Nike with fucking Jordans. So I'm not gonna be spending these hundreds of dollars to replace some shit that already works. Holla at another sucker. But this one, I have had a very, very, very long time. So. Oh, you know what? Please hold. Before I get to the point of needing to buy a new one. So after I get off the phone with, after I get off the phone with Mac. Okay, my head wrap had tried it. Y'all see, I'm serving y'all Elion Leon realness today. And if you don't know who Elion Leon is, then I, I, I got nothing for you. Anyway, head wrap back intact. Crown protected laid and doing the things that need to be done understanding the assignments anyway so before i got to the the part where i needed to actually buy a new uh ipad right so i called mac we did the whole thing with the remote uh them remotely controlling my mac plugging that shit up trying to do all this other shit that didn't work they told me to go to the store the store would be able to hard reset my shit cool i'm all for it i get to the store um there's a line and I, you know, I said I was working. Uh, so I like got my laptop set up on a bench outside of the fucking uh, Apple store at one of the local malls here. Uh, they take my iPad in, they're gone for like, I don't know, like 20 minutes or so. She comes back and she's like, yeah, it's not, we could do, uh, it's nothing else we can do. She's like, you know, we hard reset it. So, you know, whatever you were trying to do, it should work now. Uh, because we've literally done everything we could do. And so I'm like, all right, bet. Like, the buddy on the phone told me it just needs to get a hard reset, and we weren't able to do it. Um, I wasn't able to do it on my own, so you're telling me you hard reset it, I should be good to go. I come back home. <laughs> I drive back home. I'm, like, trying to, you know, trying to add a clubhouse, having all the clubhouse issues, and I'm like, yo, this shit still doesn't work. Like, at this point, I've done, I've done everything I can do, so fuck clubhouse. Um, he's like, nah, update your shit, get a new one. Let's knock it off. Like you're missing out on a lot of, uh, valuable information. So like I said, it had been on the to-do list for a while anyway. So I broke down, bought a new iPad. Of course they didn't have the color I wanted at the store. So I had to wait for it to get shipped to me. What a week, 
two weeks later, iPad finally arrives. I'm finally on Clubhouse. I am not on Clubhouse eight whole hours. And I'm, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like I signed up, did all the whatever's the night before. I woke up early because my friend, he hosts a, he hosts a morning room um, that starts at like 6.30 or 7 or some shit like that. And I wanted to be on it, right? Um, so I hadn't even been on the app like but a fucking blink of a, of a minute. And it was garbage. I was like, why the fuck are we here? Why are we here? Yo, I was so big, big mad. So this room is supposed to be a business room. It's supposed to be focused on, you know, just different aspects of business. Uh, it's supposed to kind of be like a think tank where we brainstorm, uh, you know, different ideas, different approaches. This is supposed to be some other shit. But instead, instead, I end up having my first day and my first clubhouse experience be about like some men, women dynamics and basically just a bunch of bullshit of insecure motherfuckers trying to make um, successful business women feel like they need to be, they need to small themselves and a bunch of phony ass bitches acting like they're fucking, oh yes, you know, I'm a meek to, you know, I, I think that women need to be meek and bitch, you can be whoever you want. If that's who you want to be, stop letting these motherfuckers tell you who to be, be the woman you want to be point blank period. Now, if meek is your fucking bag, bitch, then by all means be the meekest bitch going be meek mills for all the fuck I care, but trying to tell other women, they need to be meek. If they are very powerful in business, they need to be very meek at home because that's the only way like they're going to have successful relationships. Bitch, who you? Who you? It's a lot of very successful, very strong men who like their women strong. The saying there's somebody for everybody, that's a real fucking thing. That's a real fucking thing. So there was this and let me tell you something. I can't even hit this shit with the quote unquote because this shit don't even deserve to be fucking loosely italicized. This self-acknowledged power couple was in there talking a whole bunch of bullshit. This motherfucker's insecurity was all over the place and my fucking eczema was flaring up just listening to it. Oh, you know, I don't mind a boss woman because my wife is a boss and, you know, she had her shit together before we got together. So my wife always been a boss. But when we home, you know, she's got to be X, Y, and Z. And that's what we do. Motherfucking and that's what y'all do. Whatever works for y'all. There is no one right, no one right way to make a family unit work. It is whatever works for the two people in it. But you hooping, hollering, and screaming when really all I heard was your wife had her shit together before y'all got together, and that forced you to step your shit up. And and at some point y'all went through a little bit of angst about it. That's what the fuck I heard from all the the bullshit that he was talking about. And she started talking and she was giving me mad Phyllis Shapely vibes, yo. I, I think that's how you pronounce it, Shapely. Honestly, I don't give a fuck if I pronounce her name right or not because I cannot stand the woman. I find her to be one of the top tier hypocrites to come out of the feminist movement. So fuck her. This woman was giving me so much of that energy. All of this, oh, well, you know, women need to, you need to be like this and you need to be like that. And you need to make sure you behave like this for your man and X, Y, and Z. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, according to you and your husband, you the boss bitch. You the boss bitch. It gave me very Phyllis telling women you need to stay home and take care of your kids while Phyllis is outside of the home regularly. It gave me very, um, you know, you need to only worry about your husband. You, you don't need to worry about those things. Your husband is going to provide for you. Your husband is going to take care of you. While Phyllis enrolled her ass in law school because she wanted to be able to fucking what? Take care of herself. Phyllis, knock it off. This, yo, this woman was giving me so heavy. Like the, the, she was giving me so much Phyllis. Like my spirit was getting agitated. And I was like, how do I leave this shit by slamming the door? Like, is that an option? <laughs> so on Clubhouse, when you leave a room, you tap the button that says, leave quietly. I wanted to leave that bitch with a boom. 
So I'm hitting my boy up like, yo, first of all, this room is bullshit. I'm mad you told me about this bullshit. I'm mad I let you convince me that there was anything of value on Clubhouse. Like, if this is what you're doing on Clubhouse, then you sold me a fucking fake bill of goods because this is bullshit. And also, how do I slam the door when I leave a room? <laughs> he was like, well, you can't slam the door. <laughs> you can leave quietly. Relax. He was like, but I got to admit that this, he was like, this room is going all the way left right now. Um, it's not normally like that. Check back in another time. I'm sorry you had this experience. Ah, whatever. I can tell you guys, honestly, I've never gone back into that room at all. And I was very, very hesitant on whether or not I was even going to stay on Clubhouse. Um, so what did I do? I... Um, I hadn't built out my my uh, profile page yet, so I was just like kind of going through people's pages and and people that I knew that I followed, and just trying to see what people's profile looked like. You know what what kind of format do people use on Clubhouse? You know, if I'm gonna be here, I want to make sure that my page attracts what I'm looking for. I want to attract people that are trying to do business, uh, people that. Are, that are of that are business minded, you know, other attorneys, other networkers, other screenwriters, other writers, you know, just things that are of my interest. Um, and once I did that, I was able to better tailor my clubhouse experience. Um, so now, not that I love clubhouse, but I have found my spaces on clubhouse that really, really work for me. I have learned. Um, let me tell you something. I learned a lot about crypto on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is like crypto central. Um, um, I, I, I joined like a lot of the black Bitcoin groups so that I could learn more about um, crypto. I, I said on Twitter, I don't know, probably a month or two ago, that if I had asked more questions about Bitcoin when I first learned about it and when I first started investing in it, I would economically be in a very different situation. Um, but I didn't understand as much as I thought I understood. Um, and I understand that now because not only did I not make any money, I lost money um, because I, I was very skeptical of the currency itself. And so I kind of tailored my Bitcoin investments around shit that would support Bitcoin. Um, the, the largest amount of money I invested in anything crypto up until this point had been in a platform that essentially was going to accept, you know, regular currencies, but also was going to be accepting crypto, I mean, going to be accepting Bitcoin as a major currency. And in my mind, I was like, oh, you know what, this is a more safer bet for me risk-wise. Like I feel more comfortable because I really don't have a lot of faith in this digital currency right now. Um, obviously, like I said, I now know that I just didn't know enough. I needed to ask more questions. I definitely needed to, I, I just, I needed more information. Um, and this felt more like a safer kind of investment for me. That didn't pan out, money was lost, but that's the market, right? Don't invest what you can't afford to lose. Um, that being said, I am really, really active and really, really, you know, I take a really proactive approach to learning more about investing, period. Um, and I, I, did, I did fairly well during, during the parallelogram um, I didn't invest any, you know, absurd amount of money that would, you know, move me, you know, from the outhouse to the penthouse and no shit like that. But I made money across the board. And and that that let me know, one, that I am, I'm, you know, on the right track as far as learning the market in a way that makes sense to me so that I can invest. And I still just wasn't comfortable with crypto. Clubhouse has really been beneficial and helpful in explaining crypto, you know, explaining how it works, you know, soft, soft wallets, hard wallets, um, just explaining all those things, having it explained in a very layman term has been very helpful. Um, there's, a, there's a Bitcoin group that I, I belong to that has a meeting every morning, Bitcoin for Beginners, and you literally get walked through your first purchase. So I was handheld 
literally through my first Bitcoin purchase. Um, and that was very helpful. And that was very helpful. I have, you know, and, and it also gave me, um, you know, gave me enough resources to like read shit on my own to figure out where to go for information, the kind of shit I need to be tracking. Um, and so, it, it, you know, I have found my space on Clubhouse. I, I like the, the rooms that are like focused on books like The Secret, um, you know, just those positive energy, those manifestation rooms. I love those. Um, and of course, the lawyer rooms are my favorite. I'm sorry, but it's lawyers over everybody. <laughs> Our rooms are mad fun. It'd be all type of shit going on in there all the time. It'd be random karaoke breaks and shit. I love, listen, I have not been in a bad lawyer room to date, to date. So I have found a purpose in Clubhouse. I have found a use in Clubhouse. And here's how I decided to bring Clubhouse into the Black Girl SOS fold. I decided, you know, after that really great episode that um, JJ and I did about the Black Dina experience in America, um, you know, there was so much dialogue going on on Instagram about it that I thought, you know what, it would be great for all of us to like have this conversation in real time. And so I did an after the pod on Clubhouse. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually a really good idea. Like even people that weren't able to join us on Clubhouse, they were just like, oh, you know, I really like the the, the idea and the option like to be able to convene and to have like open dialogue about the topic. So after the pod is now a new thing and it is a thing on clubhouse so if you are on clubhouse make sure that you join the black girl sos club um because that's where i'm going to be hosting the after the pods so that we can talk about you know in real time the shit that that i cover on a podcast episode um so i'm really excited about that the after the pod for the black dina experience was small but mighty we had such amazing dialogue and such an amazing exchange of experiences i mean i really really enjoyed myself and i'm really excited to do more of that so you know if i'm going to be on clubhouse then i'm going to use it to make sure that i am getting our messages out and giving and continuing to expand our platform, right? Because Black Girl SOS is our safe space to be unapologetically whole Black women. And so, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at with Clubhouse. So we're, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. I'm also going to be doing networking rooms. I'm going to try to do it um, at least every other week. Um, sometimes the networking room will be a silent room where you just pop in and tap a profile, see if this person, you know, provides a service that you're looking for, see if you, this person does something that you, you're like a collaborator that you're looking for and just connect, you know, we've got to, we got to utilize our network. We have to build out our networks. Like I said earlier, if we want to go far, we have to do it together. So, um, you know, I noticed that silent networking rooms was like a huge thing on Clubhouse and I tapped in and man, like I've, I've I built out my network in a very short time on Clubhouse substantially um, with people that occupy spaces that I would have never met otherwise and people that have access to spaces that I want to occupy that I would have never had contact with otherwise. And so I want to make sure that I'm also doing that for us. You know, I am blessed and fortunate to know some amazing dope women um, and they come on the podcast and they drop gems and they share these amazing things. And, you know, I tag them on, on Instagram, but I don't know if you actually follow them. I don't know if you ever slide in the DMs and ask them any questions or, you know, try to communicate, try to collaborate. I want us to get into the habit of building networks. I want us to get into the habit of knowing that our network really really, really, really can affect our net worth. So I'm going to be doing that. And sometimes the, the networking room will be conversation based because that's also very helpful. You know, network is not only just who you know, it's also what you know, right? Like I'd, I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot richer right now <laughs> if, if I knew, <laughs> if I knew more about Bitcoin once upon a time. Um, but my network, my network at the time, at least, 
as far as I knew, didn't really know much about it either. So, you know, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind in that regard. To the point, BGS on Clubhouse, it's a thing. Make sure you join. Listen, we're going to have a vibe on there just like we have a vibe on here. So what's next on our catch-up list? Because we got to catch up on a lot of shit. Um, I'm going to need motherfuckers to stop saying that all these black bodies that are turning up missing or dead committed suicide without even so much as the Emmy reviewing the body. I've always had an issue with the phrase apparent suicide. I've always had an issue with it. Um, I can accept it from the Emmy because you're telling me that the medical facts lead you to reasonably deduce there is no other way that this person ended up dead. I mean, that's a conclusion for me. And then honestly, with the ME, it is a conclusive decision. It is not like, oh, well, this is an apparent suicide. It's this is a suicide. I take issue when cops and, you know, motherfuckers that got to close cases um, say shit like, well, it's an apparent suicide when we don't even have a body. How apparent is it? It's not apparent to me because I don't even see a dead body. I don't see a dead body. Um, the young girl, the young woman, Sanaya Dennis, um, who's gone missing from Buff State. I just, there really aren't enough words for the way my heart breaks. I went to the University of Buffalo. Um, so I went to school in Buffalo. I'm very familiar with Buff State. Um, Anybody who went to school in Buff while I was in Buff, you know that I was on Buff State campus, you know, just as much as I was on my own campus. So much so, motherfuckers thought I went to Buff State. <laughs> that is a real thing. People thought I went to Buff State. Um, and and there's, there's a few things that I know unequivocally. There's a few things I know unequivocally. Um, all the Black people know each other, yeah. Like, <laughs> yo, in Buff, we all know each other. Our schools, our schools are... are, are they're not, you know, these shits ain't HBCUs, you know what I'm saying? And we know each other. We belong to the same clubs where we occupy very similar spaces. Um, obviously, I say that with generality. There's always an outlier of a person. Uh, but what they, you know, what was described as Sanaya Dennis did not give me outlier vibes. Um, if you are a Black engineer at, at Buff State, the chances that you belong to, like, Nesby and, and like, the, the McNair program are pretty fucking high pretty high. So the chances that you know people that are like in, in your, uh, in your age, well, for them, it's AAS, so in the African American Student Organization, or you know, people in the Caribbean Student Organization, pretty fucking high, right? Those clubs are going to cut, they're going to overlay with um, an academic club that is geared towards black people. It becomes slimmer and slimmer a chance that this girl didn't know a circle, like, you know what I'm saying? Like enough of, enough of the right people that she knew a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? That her circumference was wide. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said she was an RA. That just further builds out the network of people that she knew. And I think of my experience in Buffalo and, you know, I, I, I was, I did not go to Buffalo with any air of safety, right? I didn't get to Buff and be like, well, it's not as big as New York, so I feel safe. Nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bronx girl through and through. I don't trust nobody environment. Everybody environment got some bullshit going on. It's just the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Um, so I was always P's and Q's when I was in Buff. Um, but when I got to Buff, you know, at UB, Linda Yalem is a very big thing. Linda Yalem was um, sexually assaulted, uh, murdered, and her killer still at large. Her killer still at large today in the year of our Lord, 2021. So, you know, that was always a thing that was front and center, very, very prevalent for those of us that went to UB. So I never felt like, yo, shit can't happen up here. And I always felt like, yo, we got to take care of each other. Like we got to look out for each other. And that's really just the way we operated in Buff. Like there's no version of the Buffalo that I attended where someone where a black 
student, a black student who, who you know, was active, um, a black student who, you know, at least enough social people, people in orgs and stuff like that, knew that they could go missing without anybody knowing anything. That shit just couldn't have happened in my buff. It, 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 it just, it couldn't have. And, and, and I, and I can't, it's very hard for me to envision a buff where a black student, a black collegiate has gone missing. And as a people, we aren't, you know, doing grassroots work to put our foot on the ground and go look for this girl and go look for clues and be knocking on people's doors, running people down, like anybody that knows her, any place that she frequents, stuff like that. And I'm not saying that it's not happening because I'm not in Buffalo. So I do not know. I do not know. So I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm saying people are there and they're not doing shit and they don't care because I, sincerely, I, I don't know. Um, what I do know is that the Buffalo I know wouldn't let this shit go down. Um, and so, you know, for it to be such a short turnaround from when the news became public to the cops saying, oh, well, it's an apparent suicide, but we haven't found the body. That shit pissed me off. I felt like it was callous and I felt like it was extremely irresponsible. Um, and I definitely got into a couple of uh, back and forth with people on Twitter because, you know, everyone's got a fucking... A web, uh, they got a web JD and, and want to tell me the law. Bitch, play with your mama, okay? Thank you. Um, yeah, but I uh, like got into a lot of back and forth, um, you know, with people, people saying like, why, why would, why do you feel like it's callous? Why do you feel like it's irresponsible? First of all, say you've been desensitized as a human and move the fuck around. Because if I need to explain to you why it's callous to say that someone's daughter committed suicide when you don't even got her fucking body. Yeah. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And you're a very desensitized fucking human. Cause that shit is a callous ass statement. It's hella irresponsible because honestly, the only reason why y'all fucking making any noise is because the family has gone public and it was what a whole week had passed before, before they really started doing anything according to the family at that press conference. So now it's like, Oh, let me get a quick turnaround. Let me close this case. I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. I still don't like it. I don't like the energy. I, you, I'm going to need, a body in an Emmy for me to be, you know, conclusively saying that that young woman committed suicide. Um, yeah, like I, I'm just, I'm fucking tired. I'm tired. I'm, <laughs> you know, being black is so fucking exhausting and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very fucking tired. Uh, what's the other young girl's name who was killed by the cops that when she called the cops uh, because girls came to her house to jump her she was trying to defend herself and she called the cops and she had a knife again because she's trying to defend herself from the multiple people who are trying to fight her and the cop killed her i'm so sorry i can't think of her name um i want to say it's michaela but I, I may be wrong and and you know sincerest apologies to that young queen for not um having her name written down in this moment so that i could utilize it um but that whole situation pissed me off too because there were a shitload of adults there I'm sorry, what? Let me tell y'all something. Hood is the Bronx's. Listen, I can always speak to my Bronx experiences. The only way motherfuckers got jumped is if there was no adults around because adults was on some. Listen, if you got a problem with that motherfucker, y'all fight 1D. You got the problem, you have the fight. The only way motherfuckers was getting jumped if there was no adults around. So if there's a bunch of fucking adults, why y'all not just regulating the situation? Now, obviously, I know the 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 better response is to say, make sure that there's no fight at all, break up the situation, see if it can be talked about. I hear you, I get it. I grew up in the Bronx. I'm not about to sugarcoat what my real life was like growing up. That ain't what it was, all right? It was, if you got a fucking problem, you got the problem, you have the fight, period. That's what it was. 
So I just like the fact that all those adults were there and this young girl ends up dead. Uh, so many people let her down, not just the cops. Those adults let her down also. And I'm just, I'm exhausted. It's, it's exhausting being black in America every fucking day. It's doubly exhausting being a black woman. And I mean, just across the board, we, we gotta do fucking better. We gotta do better. Um, Speaking of which, speaking of being fucking exhausted. Across this great nation, there have been a vast amount of voter suppression bills getting passed. And I mean vast. I'm not hyping this shit up. What's the number? In February... In February, there were 253, 253 voter suppression bills. 253 that were making their way through state legislatures. By March, by late March, bro, that's a month. That's a month. There were 361. Do you understand that's an increase of over 100 more suppression bills. The GOP is very clear. They're very clear. They saw black voter turnout. They saw what it did. And they said, oh, y'all bitches better go play with y'all mama. Y'all not finna play with us. We finna try to get y'all the fuck up out of here. They are not playing. So we have to be on our P's and our Q's. And we got to get them the fuck up out of office. This shit is not a game. And this is not a test. It is not a test. We have 361 bills in 40, what, in 47 states. In 47 states. And I mean, it is everything from trying to make it impossible for you to, uh, for you to vote, actually, to making it so petty and annoyingly inconvenient for you to vote that they hope you won't vote. They are trying to thwart absentee ballots, uh, ballot box, uh, you know, like the drop boxes for um, early voting. They're trying to thwart early voting. They are trying to make um, these freaking crazy stringent identification barriers. I mean, you name it and they are trying it. They are running fucking scared. You add to the fact that this is also a redistricting year, right? That's why we all just took the census, the census, excuse me. And so district lines are going to be redrawn. There are already federal suits on standby because the expectation is that there's gonna be a lot of gerrymandering bullshit that folks try to pull out their hat. Um, I know I just recently got an email from a, a, a lawyer volunteer organization um, that is looking for lawyers to participate in those federal lawsuits. I unfortunately don't have um, enough federal practice experience to be on those, but I am, you know, I've offered to volunteer in any capacity that, you know, I can within, you know, with the respect to um, my level of experience. Listen, listen, hear me. If your vote didn't matter, they would not be doing this shit. Who goes out of their way to create a bill that doesn't allow people to hand people that are waiting online to vote water? Water? You can't give people that are waiting online water or food? That tells you everything you need to know. If your vote didn't matter, nobody would be going out of their way to obstruct it. Nobody would care. Think about all the shit that don't matter to you. Think about all the shit that does not matter to you. What do you do with it? What do you do about it? Nothing, because the shit don't matter. But they are going out of their way. This is, we're at nearly 400 restrictive bills. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Everybody's got to be on their P's and Q's. Foot has to be on next, the the Democrats, the independents, the progressives, Green Party, like literally nobody who is in any office can be lackadaisical. We have to have our foot on our elected officials' necks 
to ensure that they are doing everything possible to combat these bills being passed. Now, y'all know I live in DeSatan territory. So this motherfucker just out here passing all type of unconstitutional shit. Um, and there's definitely lawsuits that have already been filed against his rancid ass because this fucking riot bill where if you, God forbid, choose to utilize your First Amendment right to assemble and protest peacefully. Oh, well, you know what? If you get arrested at a protest, which we all know you do not have to be doing anything wrong to get arrested at a protest. You get arrested at a protest, well, now you are no longer entitled to um, educational benefits. You're no longer entitled to certain housing benefits. You're not entitled to, um, to some social service benefits. What? Are you trying to impugn my First Amendment rights? Yo, suck a dick, my guy. Yo, the Satan is the fucking worst. We got to get him the fuck up out of here. Like, Florida, sis, girl, I want better for you, but you got to want it for yourself. I can't do this alone, girl. I cannot do this alone. So we've got to be really proactive. Um, so a really great resource for you to keep track of you know, the bills in your state that are going through the legislative process, what those bills um, contain, you know, who's voting on them and things like that is the Brennan Center for Justice. And it's B-R-E-N-N-A-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. I'm going to put that information, um, you know, in the description. But that's a great resource to kind of keep track of these bills and what's going on and how that's going to, you know, affect your your jurisdiction, your state. Um, because there's a lot going on. It's very hard to keep up with everything and small bites, you know, do what you can do where you are. Um, because collectively, if everybody does what they need to do, if everybody does what they are able to do where they are, everyone's small effort becomes this large collective effort. Um, so I strongly encourage you to check out the Brennan Center for Justice online, um, read up on what's, what bills are being you know, floated through state legislation in your state. Um, if you are somebody who is you know, an activist, activist like you put your two feet on the ground, definitely look and see what organizations are doing, or, you know, are lobbying against those bills and, and see how you can get involved. Figure out your lane of activism and get involved, but everybody should be doing something. Um, we covered a lot, I know, but it's been a while, you guys. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you. I've got, you know, some great interviews coming up, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I just want to tell you what I've been up to, you know, why I've been MIA. Um, so I am doing some writing, which has been such a learning process. Um, screenwriting has been the largest learning process, right? Because I don't know shit about it. I'm a just, I'm a very good storyteller. But there's, you know, but screenwriting is is a it's a science. There's a structure to screenwriting. And so teaching myself and and you know finding resources to learn from has really been quite the experience. And it's it's been um, you know, some days are more exciting than others, but I am thoroughly enjoying it and really I there's definitely been a level of fulfillment with it um that I didn't anticipate feeling um during during this pro during this part of it right because the learning the the scintillas of of a new a new trade is is not fun in general <laughs> it's not fun um but i am enjoying it um i'm enjoying it a lot i've been reading a lot of screenplays which is probably why i've been enjoying it so much um i i you know, they always say the book is better than the movie. Well, the screenplay is often better also. <laughs> and I've just, I've really been enjoying that process. Um, I've been, I've been doing a, a lot of other people's um, 
platforms. I was featured on the Thea Chronicles, which is hosted by Friends of the Pod, Jaja. And we had an awesome talk about building generational wealth. And make sure that you check that out. Um, I was on Behind the Wheel with Derek Oxley, just talking about podcasting and just sneakers, um, just talking about shit, man. It, and it was cool. We had a really good exchange of energy. I have no idea when that's actually going to be out, but um, that was dope. And whenever it is out, I will add it to my link tree. Um, I keep all of my features um, in my link tree on the tag snobby features. So if I do anyone's podcast, um, or if anyone, uh, uses me as a source for their article or their plot, you know, or some kind of multimedia, anything, it'll always be there. Um, there's an article coming out in Bloomberg business, uh, this week, I think that I'm a source for, and I'm really excited about that. Um, really gave me, just an opportunity to kind of hop into my my business and DEI bag. Um, I recently put out an article on LinkedIn, Ease for Equity, uh, discussing how you know recruiting is is utilizing DEI in an inequitable way as we speak. You know, they're hiring for DEI jobs in an inequitable way. Um, so that is out. I am probably going to put out that op-ed that I wrote that I was telling y'all about earlier. Um, I may pitch it to some publications first, um, or put it out on my own. I really haven't decided what I'm going to do with it, but it does need to be out there. Um, and we need to be talking about those, those kind of, those kind of things. Um, so, uh, what else? Oh, this week is the PodFest Masterclass Summit, and I'm one of the speakers for that. I did, um, my talk is a case study on the value of authenticity. I'm really excited for that. Hosted a clubhouse room for the PodFest Masterclass Summit last week, um, which I saved on the Instagram page. So if you were not able to join on Clubhouse, it is available for you to, view at your own lesser on Instagram. So your girl's been busy. I just want y'all to know I haven't been, you know, neglecting y'all because I'm twirling my damn hair. Okay. I do not, I would not play with y'all like that. I would play with Shazo before I play with y'all like that. All right. So I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm, I'm sorting out, you know, getting my schedule together so that I can make sure that I'm getting you guys this content. Um, as always, you know, slide in the DMs or drop a comment. Let me know if there's a topic you want to discuss, because um, I'm always happy to do that. Remember, this is our platform, not just mine. I might be the annoying voice in your ear right now, but this is our platform. So never hesitate to drop in and let me know what's good. Um, for those of you, again, who are on Clubhouse, join the Black Girl SOS um, Club. Members can host rooms in the Black Girl SOS Club. Whoop. Got to turn my phone off. Sorry, you guys. Um, yeah, so if you are a member, you can host a room. I am always happy to have someone else host a room. If you want to talk about something, um, if you want to co-moderate with me, I'm happy to do that. Like, just reach out. This is a collaborative effort. I am not the, you know, I am not the monolith of Black girls everywhere. So <laughs> I am always down to collaborate, down to share my platform. Please don't ever be bashful. Um, you can always reach out. Um, what else, what else do you need to know? Juneteenth merch will be available soon. Um, I'm going to try to have that on the website by the end of the week, www.brandsnobby.com. The, um, link is in the bio. And of course, if you haven't copped your podcast shirt, hello, what are you waiting on? Get on that, www.brandsnobby.com. Get you a Black Girl SOS shirt, represent. Comes in V-neck and crew neck. Um, so as always, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to you all for tuning in, rocking with me. Make sure that you like, follow, share, subscribe, repeat. Um, and until next time, man, y'all have a good one. Peace. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. My braces are off, you guys.
Yeah. <laughs>